The nail in the coffin! Oh boy. Welcome to the Nail in the Coffin. It's uh, episode number 76. I'm Tom. He's Travis. It's Thursday night. And uh, Trav, uh, how you doing, buddy? I, I tell you, I've been better. Me too. Me about too. About all I got. It's about, uh, it's honestly about as defeated as I've ever been for, for a yeah. sporting, for a sports experience. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I know for those who listen, you might not believe me when I say this, but I normally do try to prep before we do these shows. And uh, I started kind of jotting down some notes today and uh, I just didn't really want to go through it. So this could take 10 minutes. This could go for an hour. Uh, I don't really know. Um, I guess the Cliff Notes version is that uh, it turns out that when you've got two elite teams, and they're pretty evenly matched, and you put Kevin Durant on one of them, it kind of makes a big effing difference. Yeah, the moral of the story is if you... Players matter. Talent <laughs> talent matters. If you take um, a mediocre player like a, a Harrison Barnes and replace him with the second best player in the league, the difference is going to be noticeable. Um, and for all intents and purposes, the Cavs didn't really change much of anything. So it's, I guess we, we expected the Cavs to probably be better. Maybe they are marginally better than they were last year. But I think um, in theory, we, we probably should have seen this coming a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a smack uh, punch in the gut. And... Not a whole lot of explanation behind it other than they're really fucking good and we're just really good. Well, here, hang on one second. All right. I had to crack open a shandy just to kind of get me through this one. Um, yeah, I, I I just hope that uh, the narrative that comes out of this, uh, first off, are, are we in agreement that this thing ends tomorrow night? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, does it does it really matter at this point if it ends in five? Are you really going to take any like thing good from it? No. No. <laughs> like, I'm. You know me. I'm. I'm always the optimist. If there's a chance, I'm always saying, "Hey, there's a hell of a chance." At least we got that. And I'm always thinking, you know, that they're going to pull it out. This is as as negative and as down as I've as I've ever been for one of these. And I like I, I told you this. I'm not even sure I'm gonna watch tomorrow night. I don't I, I don't see any outcome being particularly uh fun or worth my time or or what. So that could change tomorrow, you know, as the game gets here. I don't know, maybe it will. But right now if the game was tonight, if it was on right now, I'd probably still be watching hockey. 
And that's not been much of a game so far from what you no, were telling me. No, that game's 5 nothing right now. I mean, I might have changed it to, I don't know, friends reruns or something. I don't know. Because um, I, I... Last night is... It's just... It's brutal, man. I really don't have anything insightful. No. <laughs> nothing, nothing interesting. Um, really, all I'm thinking about at this point is... Um, we've got this opportunity with an amazing team right now. And I, it's, it's highly unlikely in my opinion that they can do anything in terms of personnel changes or anything along those lines to compete with Golden state. That's the scary thing. You look at like the way the Cavs are constructed and in any other year, they're the team that's dominating and, winning the championship and going for a repeat or a three-peat. And they're the overwhelming team in the league. And it's just like the way that they basically smacked around the rest of the league is what's happening to them now. And the scary part is like Golden State's going to have their entire nucleus and those guys are not going anywhere. And... Um, they're all young, younger than LeBron. And I, I I mean, like the Cavs feel like they're maxed out. I, I, it was a miracle that they were actually able to improve their roster on paper this year. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like without making radical wholesale changes to your, your core, I, I don't know what moves are left to make. Like you're not getting Paul George without giving up. Probably for, for, for Shumpert and and Richard Jefferson. I mean, it it doesn't work that way. So, yeah, I, scary because it's like it's I, such I, a good opportunity. Yeah, like, I, what the hell do you think? Like the rest of the league's thinking right now. Fuck. I mean, if you, honestly, you kind of have to do what we were talking about couple weeks ago with like the Eastern Conference teams riding it out until LeBron's done. Yeah. You kind of have to just wait till the Golden State thing runs its course. Yeah. I mean, the only team that I think has any sort of chance is San Antonio, and they have to drastically upgrade at point guard probably. If they were to get like a Chris Paul or even um, Kyle Lowry, I think that could be pretty significant um, could make them a player, but no one else is even, you know, two players away. Could I offer a hot take? Sure. I love hot takes. I, so the NBA has a, what amounts to a soft salary cap with a, a luxury tax for teams that go over the tax and the tax is really drastic now in order to penalize teams that go over it repeatedly. I honestly feel like with the state of the rosters around the league and just where all these teams are at this point, that luxury tax is doing more to harm the competitive balance than help it. Because I feel like the two teams that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack are willing to cut that luxury tax check because they know they're far out ahead of everyone and every other team. Why the fuck are you going to pay to go into the luxury tax? If you know, in the end, 
just no going chance. over that is not going to put you in contention. So it's like, the, like if you're Toronto right now, like what the fuck are you going to do? Like you're probably losing at least one of your guys after this, you know, you know, coming into the summer. So like, you know, I, I don't know like what a team like that does. I think the Cavs will keep spending. Um, I but know, only, but I don't know how they can. What are they going to spend on? Cavs? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be they can't they can't spend. They have to they're pretty much maxed out at what they can do. Yeah, I mean, Money it's not wise. spending to like Money sign wise. free agents. It's it's finding creative ways to move contracts and then um taking on salary that way. Um I don't know. It you know, I I think the bottom half of the roster is going to look very different next year. I think it's entirely possible that um, one of those like second tier guys on their team, well, third tier if you count LeBron on a tier by himself, um, depending on like the David Griffin thing shakes out. I mean, that's a whole other deal. Um, Yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, you could see, you're going to see a million uh, Kevin Love trade proposals. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it, it it makes sense. It's understandable. I can see why that would happen, but. It bothers the thing me is, because the I, whole I, knock I, on him, the whole knock on him has been he can't play against Golden State, and he's been fine in this series. He hasn't been a problem at all. Um. You know, I, I you can quibble with him going up at the rim in the final, you know, two minutes last night when he probably could have kicked it back out and worked the clock more for a better shot. And then he, you know, gets swatted and then he stands there complaining. But, I mean, he's hitting the glass. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he didn't shoot well last night, but, you know, for the first two games he was scoring the ball. Um, and he was actually playing reasonably good defense. He's got active hands. He's got a lot of steals. And he has not been a liability in this series at all. And if you're trying to, you know, build your team um, with Golden State in mind, I don't feel like he's necessarily – I just – it's so hard to, like, change perceptions. Like, I mean, the question is how how far behind them are you? Um, if If you think you're, you know – two or three steps behind them getting rid of Kevin love puts you probably another two or three steps behind them. And if you add another guy, say you say, say you do somehow manage to trade like love for Paul George, right? You, you fall back, you know, six or seven steps by getting rid of love and maybe you jump four steps forward, but you're still behind golden state and you still don't have any way of improving. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing is that you you can't they've got four studs and we've got three right now. And if the Cavs can't find a way to pull off a miracle and add a fourth guy without giving up one of their three, I don't know how you close the gap on them at all. You know, I was I was thinking about it just in terms of if you look at like champions through the last 20 years you know, there was a time like back in the nineties, you, you basically to win a title, you had to have two superstars 
and surround it surround those guys with really good supporting players. I mean it and this isn't gonna apply to every single year, but I mean you think about like Jordan and Pippen and then like Tim Duncan and David Robinson or Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, uh, Shaq and Kobe, um Shaq and Dwayne Wade. And then Boston in 08 turned it into the um the big three with Pearson Garnett and Ray Allen. And that formula has kind of continued now into the Miami three and then the Cleveland three and Golden State won a title with with three. And now they found a way to get four. And I don't know if that's going to be a one-off, but at least for now, if you want to compete and have a realistic shot at a title, you need to have like four studs. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I, it's just you look at like the way every roster is built that ends up winning a title. I mean, you've got to be very smart and you got to be lucky. And you know, the Cavs had, you know, they they were smart in drafting Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson, and they got really lucky by getting three number one picks in four years and having the greatest player of a generation uh, born in their backyard and having a, a crazy sense of loyalty uh, to his hometown team. Um, and the Warriors, I think they they were really smart with where they drafted Clay Thompson and Draymond and, and Steph, and they got lucky with the way the contract shook out. But um, the Durant thing is just such a wild card, and what sucks is like they got to slide through that door, and now nobody else is going to be able to. Like the way I saw somebody describe this was like every team is basically handed an extra twenty dollar bill. And they're all like, yeah, this is great. We can, we can, now we can afford a superstar. But it's like, why is that superstar going to come to your team if you're mediocre? If some great team, AKA Golden State, also is holding a $20 bill? Um, how much do you think that, uh, the, um, that LeBron and, and some of the other guys around the league right now, are kicking themselves for not going along with the cap smoothing proposal? Um, I mean, probably. Yeah, probably quite a bit, you would think. They have to yeah, be, right? Yeah, I mean, so, like, you get that TV deal a couple of years ago signed, and that makes the salary cap, because that's all that extra income for the league, and you get the salary cap going up in one year by $25 million, or whatever the number was. And... You've got it, you know, at that point, that that's the league sees that and says, hey, this is going to throw things out of whack. Why don't we smooth this jump out over a few years and just kind of give you the excess money to the association? You guys, you players association, you guys distribute it however you want. And the players are like, no, you're not old, artificially holding down the cap. We want that spike now. I mean, you look at it now, if that if they don't agree to you know, if, if they don't say that and if they um, agree to that smoothing proposal over a few years, Durant's not in Golden State right now. I mean, that's the only way that happened was because they got a bunch of free money to play with. Yeah, and probably so, never is because Steph's deal's coming up soon and he's signing a max deal. Right. Um, and it's, you look at it, it's, they, they, I fucking hate this Lakeup guy because he talks like 
it was all strategy and shit. Like they just perfectly planned this. Yeah, they drafted some good players, but if Steph isn't injured the first four years of his career or whatever, and all these other things don't go their way, they're not anywhere near this position. Like you couldn't have planned that. You got lucky and fell ass backwards into a guy who's making half of what he should be making. Yeah, yeah, I mean. And that's really what set it up. That was that was their big break, was just the 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 contracts that they got those those three guys on to start with, especially Steph going so far below market value just because of all his ankle injuries and whatnot. Um, yeah, and you just I mean I, I heard something on the radio I think yesterday or maybe it was a podcast that especially like once they move in to their new arena over in San Francisco in a couple of years because they own the land over there where they built it, their franchise is going to be worth like $4 billion. So, you know, I go back to the whole luxury tax thing. Like they're not going to care about paying a luxury tax. Like a, a two or $300 million payroll is not going to phase them at all because they're going to make more money than they know what to do with uh, being able, you know, in, in, in a market with, with that kind of cash. So, um, Jesus, that's, uh, that's rough. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, that's one way of putting it. My wife, we were sitting at dinner tonight. She's like, Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, is it the Cavs still? I'm like, yeah, it's the Cavs still. You know what the weirdest thing was? Is like last night in the moment. I mean, it, it like that final minute sucked. Don't get me wrong. And I was bummed out, but like, it didn't hit me as hard last night as it did today. Today was worse for me because like in the moment last night, and I think it was you I was texting with about this. I said like, I, I, the only thing that was keeping me upright was just the Cavs are playing their asses off. And I'm like, even if they win this, there's no way in hell they can do this three more times. Yeah. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Th- yeah. Let's, let's go win one and, and let's make it respectable and, and let's go down fighting. But it was like today, I started having like the the realization of all the long term ramifications of being like we started talking about that a little bit last week. Like, what happens if if you know Golden State implodes here? What happens if the Cavs implode? And I don't really feel like the Cavs have imploded. It's just been like, you know, it's just reality is hitting, and and a team that's just absurdly talented is clicking, and you know. It just it it makes for a real scary picture, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like wrong place at the wrong time, basically, for for this team. They're just a few years off. Um, and I like I said, I just I just don't know what they can do to close that gap. And and the the thing is, they're the closest team to closing that gap. And I don't know that there's anyone else even close. No, no, there's nobody close. And like you said, Golden State's not, they're they are only going to be able to, I, I think they're only going to be able to get better. I don't think, they're not going to have to get rid of anybody anytime sooner. No, because that was the know. thing that came out was Durant said that he's willing to take less than the max to keep their team together. So he's still going to get an obscene amount of money, but... Like if if he was taking the max that he was eligible for, like they were going to have to clear 
36 million dollars in cap space and that meant that like Livingston and or Iguodala were going to have to be gone and now they're not going to have to do that because they're going to I don't want to get into all the 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 complicated parts of how you know the salary cap mechanics and whatnot but like basically like Steph's going to get his max deal Durant's going to get uh, a Scrooge McDuck pile of money and they're still going to have, um, you know, be able to, within the, the confines of the rules, keep all those other guys if they're willing to go over the tax, which, again, I see no reason why they wouldn't. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. That That's... Yep. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like, there's... <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Oh, <laughs> Did you see? Uh, did you see the news uh, that came out like late this afternoon about Draymond last year? Yeah. yeah. How incredible is that? That's pretty hilarious. Where, where were you an hour after the finals ended last year? I, I know um, we talked. Were you, were you downtown by that point? I was walking. I was probably walking the bridge to downtown, or I had just gotten downtown. Okay, I think I was on my back deck uh, chugging champagne straight from the bottle. Um. And and Draymond, seventy three wins, just blew the finals. Within an hour of the finals ending, is is on the phone, recruiting Durant and and begging his his GM to get a deal done. That just that's unbelievable to me. And I feel like the article made it out to be like this, like I don't know, like strong like power move from Draymond. To me it kind of seemed like a weak move. Like, oh, we can't beat him. Let's go add this guy. Absolutely, it's a weak move. You won 73 games. And, you know, I I mean, if anybody is going to get blamed for what happened on Golden State's end, he's the guy. He's the dude, you know, that had to Rochambeau LeBron. um, And that kind of set the wheels in motion for everything else. That was the opening the Cavs needed, and they took it and ran with it. Um, yeah, it, that's, I mean, I guess for him, it worked out in the long run. I mean, they're set up now, but yeah, in the moment that's, that's weak. And I think that's, that's something the Cavs ought to be. I mean, they're going to, it sucks for them now, but be proud of that. I mean, you took a 73 win team and you reduced them to that. That's, um, that's kind of incredible. Yeah. It's something for sure. And I like how, like it wasn't hard. Um, like th- it wasn't a challenge for them to find a way to get Durant. Like ninety percent of teams, you know, they need to figure out how they can do it. <laughs> they they didn't have to do anything. They had the space, and they just went and did it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Woj had the article that I think came out in like February of last season saying like this could happen this summer look wait for it and first time i read that i was just like uh oh but at the same time I'm just like do you really want to like you know mess with your team if you you know set a wins record and win your second straight championship i mean i don't know i mean i guess probably you know looking at the way they're set up now i don't see why you wouldn't but yeah, 
I don't, I mean, you could what if yourself to death, like, you know, what if Oklahoma City finishes them off in the Western Conference Finals? What if Golden State doesn't blow the 3-1 lead against the Cavs? Um, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, at this point, nothing else, nothing else to do about it. I mean, yeah. what's done is done. At you least know, we got our one, right? We, we did, and... Nothing's changing that, um, you know, and, and I guess that's really the, the thing. I kind of regret just like, you know, joining in the hype of this being like the trilogy or whatever in part three. It wasn't. This was different. This this was a different series because that's a different team. The Cavs are functionally the same team that they've had the last two years. I mean, some of the, the bench guys have changed, but their core is the same core that they've had for the previous two finals. So the Warriors fundamentally changed who they are drastically at their core. And, and um, to try to say that they've like won this series two to one, you know, in terms of like the, this trilogy two to one or whatever, it's, it's not um, that, that rivalry uh, that, that died 4th of July last year when Durant announced he was going to Golden State. Yeah. So, no question. I mean, it, it didn't necessarily change Golden State as a team, but I mean, it, it, yeah, didn't, it, did. it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. I mean, they're still they're still playing the same way. Um, their their game plan is still very similar. I think. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll give you that. So so they had a system in place that was incredibly effective, and they had the guys for it to make it work. Um, they just took in terms of importance, the guy who was their, you know, maybe fifth or sixth most important player and replaced him with a guy who could be their most important player. And it just completely ramped everything up. So it's basically the system that they already had on steroids. Durant's the alpha dog of that team now. This this final series, he has become the unquestioned, the the guy. I mean, it's just like, you know, LeBron, I think like when he went to Miami, was a little deferential to, to Wade. Because Wade was the it was Wade's team down there, but by the time that the Warrior or that the the Heat had established themselves as like the back to back champions, LeBron was the alpha dog on that team. Yeah, and the same thing is happening with Durant here. Yep. he's had yeah. a great series. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And he wasn't he wasn't great yesterday. Um, he, I mean, he's, his his stat line looks good, but he did, he wasn't a huge impact until the end of the game. Yeah, um, he, he flipped the switch at the end. And yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously, yeah, he hit some huge shots and all that shit. But he was he was he was just kind of there yesterday, doing his normal game. You know, get his twenty some points, and then with a minute left, he just took over, hit a couple huge shots, and that was that. That's the point, though, is like, I mean, he was kind of cruising along a little bit through most of that game, not quite as overpowering as he had been in the first two. But instead, it was Clay Thompson going nuts, shooting the ball. And Steph Curry was still getting his points. And, you know, there's no other team in the league, I mean, anywhere that's going to have that luxury. No. So, no. Um, I. You know, it's hard for me to pick apart the Cavs 
because I, I felt like with each of these three games so far, they've gotten better and better. But the thing that it, it has kind of lurked that has frustrated me, and I, I like wore out my phone texting this to you and anybody else, just the mental mistakes. And I don't know if that's like just a function of just the, the pressure that Golden State puts on you to be perfect in everything. But I just, the Cavs have made a living over the last couple of years about constantly getting great looks coming out of timeouts. And how many times have the Warriors done that to the Cavs? Like, especially in the first game, I, I counted about five different plays after timeouts. The Warriors came out and the Cavs looked like they had no clue where the ball was going. And you know they've got that team scouted and just completely broke down defensively. Um, I, I know the Cavs love like throwing those long passes down the you know outlet passes, but a couple times, you know, it just you can't throw that into like triple coverage. I mean, you're not a quarterback for the Browns. You, you I mean, just trying to force things like that, or like the end of the first quarter last night, where they basically could have run the shot clock down to about a second or two, and instead Shepard's like pulling up for a jumper with like 18 seconds left and he bricks it and then the Warriors go ahead and get another shot. And, you know, you know, following jump shooters constantly. I mean, that that's been a recurring problem. And that's the one thing I think I've been disappointed by. Um, I'm surprised we haven't shot the three ball better in this series, especially like last night. That was the one where I really felt like our best shooters were getting great looks like Kevin Love and, and Kyle Korver both had a ton of great looks. I think we were like three of 18 shooting corner threes, which is, that's that. I mean, that is just devastating, you know, and everybody will point to the last one that Corver had when LeBron kicked it out to him. But, um, that the was the most you know, frustrating like, stat of last night to me. No, uh, I, I, I know what mine is. It, it was not the three pointers, but go on. LeBron played 46 minutes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Plus seven, right? Yes. And in two minutes, they were minus 12. Yep. That's. <laughs> God, that's infuriating. There was a similar stat that showed like what the Cavs like plus minus was through like the first 10 minutes of every quarter versus the last two minutes oh, of every quarter. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that one like off the top of my head. I didn't have it written down anywhere. It but was ridiculous. Still, similarly too. horrifying. So, yeah. Ugh. Um, God damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna watch Game Four. I I can't. I I mean, going down with the ship, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have a very real fear that some sort of real shakeup could come with this group, and. I've loved watching this team over the last three years. Hasn't always been pretty during the regular season, but the playoff rides they've given us have been amazing. And, you know, like I said before, the championship last year, that game seven, that was everything I've ever wanted in a sports moment. And it'll, it'll never get better than that. And and that's okay. Um, I'll cling to that forever. And, you know, if, if, Tomorrow night they they go and get blitzed again and and that's the end of it. You know, I, hey, so I'll, be, I'll be watching. 
So be yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, they probably will. I just I'll probably have it on and try to do other stuff to distract myself as best I can. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be at a bar with uh, with some some friends over on this side of town and. Might go. have to uh, have an Uber ready to get me home. That'll boy. That'll boy. Get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking a. All right. Well, I, I think this. I think this actually turned into something usable. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else wants to listen to it, but yeah. might save it. Fuck it. I'll I'll, uh, I'll edit it together and turn it into something. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Go here, for it, man. Here. All right, uh, as we get out of here, the uh, the usual reminders, if you haven't done so already, go subscribe to our show. iPhone users, we're in the podcast app. It's the uh, purple podcast uh, icon on your screen. So go hit that. Go search for the nail of the coffin. You'll see our logo and hit that and hit subscribe. Uh, Android people are on Google Play Music. So uh, whether you're an iPhone user or you're an Android guy, uh, go subscribe and tell your friends about us too. You can always go catch up on every one of our past episodes on our website, thenailpodcast.com, and go like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thenailpodcast. I'm sure we're going to have all sorts of stories uh, in the fallout from this series uh, to be sharing over the next couple of weeks and uh, what's going to be a, a very interesting summer, hopefully for the good, but God only knows where it's going. So uh, that's going to do it. Um yeah, I, I guess this ended up uh, turning out to be uh, uh, good therapy for us, if nothing else, Trav. Yeah, yeah, that was all I was going for, really, so. <laughs> what more could you do, right? Exactly. All right, well, let's see how it plays out, and uh, we'll be back next week. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.